0: On this episode of Don't Wreck Yourself, we talk shit about Toby Keith, we talk shit about Charlie Daniels, and then we talk shit about shit. Shit.
1: Now your way is the only way, and my way's the only way to Build a space between a hard place and a rock is all we do But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth What do we know? We're telephones that are no different
0: to you What's wrecking the Internet today? I was on Facebook the other day and I saw one of those lengthy screenshotted posts on someone's timeline and I I read through it and there was a pretty bold claim. And that claim was that 9-11 ruined country music.
1: Well, of, of, of all of the victims of 9-11, country music is the one we should definitely focus on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 9-11 ruined a lot of things in America, not the least of which was uh, air travel. Air travel. Thousands of lives were just absolutely upended and destroyed by this event. The New York City skyline, never the same. They even ruined sp- the first Spider-Man movie. A helicopter was caught in a we- Spider-Man's web between the Twin Towers. And, and they ultimately cut it out. <sighs> That's what we should be talking about. The post in question, I was able to uh, track it down. It's actually from three years ago, the original post, and it's from a Tumblr account called Climbs Like Beans.
1: OK, well, l- love the name. Love the name. Yeah, it's a it's a great name. I like the collage of like birds that I see on this account. Yeah, it's gorgeous lilac, uh, lilac breasted
0: roller, uh, <laughs> obvious, obviously we have a, we have a birder here expre- uh, expressing some pretty strong views. So I, I think only fair to start off with their disclaimers. So big disclaimer, I was nine when nine 11 happened. So this might be more about my own crystallizing taste than anything else. <laughs> I think
1: why bring nine 11 into it at all, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's a pretty darn
0: good theory though. And other people have validated it. So I, I will say that the original version of this post had actually excluded their disclaimers. I'm, I'm going to hit the other disclaimer later on because I'm going to say some stuff. Okay. I'm going to say some stuff. Good. So basically the theory here is that after 9-11, the political climate was such uh, that country music was forever changed. It was repackaged into a hyper patriotic stars and stripes nationalistic yeah nationalistic uh embodiment and it it's it somehow lost it's pre-911 uh, outlaw vibe it, it became very pro-police very pro-military uh pro-war in a lot of cases
1: I think um, I would say that I think that undercurrent was kind of always there in country music. But I think 9-11 absolutely brought that to the forefront. And I'm sure we'll talk about the specific songs and and the artists. And I'm using artists very loosely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is uh, obviously the the, the song that comes to mind to anybody who was kicking around immediately after 9-11 is Toby Keith's. Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Of the Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, in parentheses, the angry American. You know, he uses language like, we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way.
1: Yeah. I, I, I never get a, I never leave a chance for people to thank us for our service. So in, in basic training in 2003, um, the one song that I heard, The one music, the only piece of music I heard was Toby Keith's Angry American. They played the music video at our graduation. And I remember sitting, I remember standing there at attention, just being so thankful that my parents weren't there. (laughs) I mean, I was just kind of, it was it was kind of embarrassing, right? And it also just assumes that everyone in that formation kind of is cut from the same cloth. And that cloth is red, white, and blue. Yeah. We've,
0: we've now moved on to the confessional part of the show where I tell you something embarrassing about myself, and that is I have seen Toby Keith in concert. Uh, and yes, uh,
1: yes, he performed that song. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, why wouldn't he? It's his most popular. Right. He's very popular.
0: I'm sure he played other songs. That was the only one I recognized
1: uh, in my defense. I, there's also, I should have been a cowboy is another Toby Keith song I've heard. Um, Beer for my horses. Oh, uh, right, never or, smoking weed with Willie again. Yeah, yeah, um, those those are good ones. Um, I think "Beer for My Horses" also has Willie Nelson on it too. Yeah, never smoking, yeah. never
0: smoking weed with Willie again is probably his best song uh, because that's just good <laughs> advice for anybody. I
1: would totally smoke weed with Willie Nelson, but I don't know that I would recommend it after. Willie Nelson has said he doesn't smoke anymore. He he only eats it because he's got lung problems. Wonder why smoking all that weed? <laughs> smoking all that weed can't be good for you. Yeah. Speak of which, du- duty calls, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Country music is a really diverse
0: genre that I think that both is of it, us are probably is it? It it really is. Uh, okay. I, I think both of us are probably underqualified to speak about these things as experts, but Or qualified to make fun it. of it. Or to make fun of it. <laughs> Actually, I'm, i I listen to a lot of country music. Uh on purpose? On purpose? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. there's some there's some really good stuff in there. Well
1: the first the first problem the, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. So <laughs>
0: To clarify things for our listeners, Matt is not a fan of country music. I'm not. I don't listen to a lot of current country. I think it's worth noting that country has mirrored the times that it's in. So current. Absolutely. Yeah. Country. Country today is very poppy. It's four chord songs, formulaic, finding a girl and painted on tight jeans, putting her in your big old truck, driving to the nearest body of water and slamming some cold ones. Or drinking some good stuff.
1: Driving on back roads in a cornfield, in my truck, drinking beer. Yeah. Party Friday night, Friday night lights, football. I feel like we could we could um, we should do for one episode, get a country music bingo grid and the first one to get bingo wins. Sure. <laughs> so
0: some pretty savvy music folks. I, I'm sure there's
1: musicians, I think, is the
0: term. <laughs> well, I, I think this is more of an audio engineer thing, but there's actually a series on YouTube Where they do mashups of popular country songs. Like there's one where they mashed up like seven country songs into, it might be six, but into a single track. And because they're all four chord songs, it is a seamless progression of identical themes such that they are able to create through the overlap of these songs, a single hit country song.
1: I think what you're describing is, is we're, we're, what we're talking about now is definitely more like mainstream uh, country music. And I think right. I think main, mainstream any music, it's four chord songs and it, it's carbon copies one after the other. It, it's a way to churn and to, to make a shit ton of money. And so I exactly it's completely unsurprising that country music would do this because I've listened to the radio ever in my life. And I have heard literally any other genre, even rap. I think mainstream rap does this, you know.
0: The difference between rap and country is how you've organized the music.
1: I think the only thing we're really exposing how like House of Cards and how bullshit popular music is.
0: I don't think that you can separate country from its pop music context. That said, there has always been a strain of nationalism. Well, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some mainstream nationalism. Like if you look at, say, the Charlie Daniels band. Simple man lyrics.
1: Oh yeah, uh, good story. I have actually interviewed Charlie Daniels. <laughs> when I was, yeah. I'm just serious. When I was a journalist, um, he was doing a tour for some uh, military stuff, and I got got 20 minute conversation with him. Super nice guy. Would not answer any of my questions. <laughs> it's like deflected. Was this
0: before or after the Monday Night Football fiasco?
1: So the, I interviewed him in tw- like 2017, 2018. Okay. Like,
0: so this is 1989. We tell our kids to just say no. Then some panty waste judge lets a drug dealer go, slaps him on the wrist, and then he turns him back out on the town. Now, if I had my way with people selling dope, I'd take a big, tall tree and a short piece of rope. Oh. I'd hang him up high and let him swing till the sun goes down. Well, you know what's wrong with the world today? People done gone and put their Bibles away. They're living by the law of the jungle, not the law of the land. Hmm. You get the idea here. You have sort of a three-part theme here. It starts off with insufficient law enforcement. Then you have a, specific, a reference to a specific drug. Uh, dope and you know, dope is one of those things that's could, could it, be it could literally be anything, but he's definitely appropriating some sort of slang here. And then he yeah. immediately jumps, uh, jumps to lynching. And I think it's worthwhile that he talks about people living by the the law of the jungle, not the law of the land.
1: That is the, that, when I heard that lyric, I was like, okay, there's an argument to be made that this could be racist.
0: It's uh Clifford, the big red dog size dog whistle. <laughs> uh, so you, you've definitely got that uh, pro law enforcement element here. Ah, uh, you absolutely have racism. Like that's that's just straight up. He's calling out a very specific group of people and letting you know this is how we handle things back where I'm from, which is Maine. A lot of white, pe- a lot of white people I, in Maine I, is I, what I'm I, saying. I, I, hold on, I'm I'm taking on the role of Charlie Daniels, who I assume lives in Georgia, where he witnessed an exchange between the devil and some guy named Johnny. He has actually pa- he's actually passed away. Well, I'm sure I he's fiddling away wherever <laughs> he is. I think we know where he is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then 1984, probably the song that prior to Toby Keith's Rock'em Sock'em Redneck Anthem, the country music song that we probably most associate with patriotic events would be Lee, Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA.
1: Now, that in the same vein, that God Bless the USA, in the same vein with Toby Keith, something that I, I would just call this like plastic patriotism or is just a show. It's almost like a caricature of patriotism.
0: Yeah, yeah. And- I think you really start seeing that right around the Ronald Reagan uh, right around the Ronald Reagan administration because uh, the Reagan administration was the awakening of the so called silent majority.
1: He also said "Make America Great Again" too. Yeah, uh, Reagan did. Yeah, it's the culmination of the Southern Strategy
0: pioneered by Nixon. Ronald Reagan won in 1980 by a landslide. A lot, a lot of what made Ronald Reagan popular is associated with white grievance and, and racial politics. That doesn't just start to exist in 1980. This is culmination of events that have been occurring over the past, you know, from the end of World War II up till ni- up until that that sort of white backlash in the 1980s. You have a lot of things that happen, not the least of which is the civil rights uh, the Civil Rights Act 1964 and the entire civil rights movement. There is a belief in certain sections of the country that as some people get more rights or I, I don't even want to say some people get more rights some people get the rights that they already have
1: exactly. acknowledged yeah they realize that they they're able to yeah, yeah. no um that people think of of freedom as a as as a pie and if someone has more i must have less and i feel like that is not how it works
0: right absolutely
1: prior to that though i mean if you look at some popular songs uh, some country songs prior to that
0: it's kind of across the board there's you definitely have some you know wistful John Denver songs like thank God I'm a country boy that came out in 1975 and you and you have plenty of the outlaw country stuff and I think the uh disclaimer that the original author puts in there is telling because they were nine nine years old when (laughs) they were nine years old when 9-11 happened and their views are being crystallized by the country music that they witnessed in their lifetime and they are referencing outlaw country you know Waylon and Willie and Johnny Cash and, and Chris Christopherson, you know, these oh, these yeah. Chris
1: Christopherson, they had that that one song about the 173rd Airborne in Vietnam It was really good. Yeah, yeah. there is a
0: rumor of an altercation between Chris Christopherson and Toby Keith.
1: Oh yes, I know exactly what you're talking about I, I I read an article on that like a few weeks ago actually about they just got into like an altercation um, with with a bunch of other country stars. yeah
0: yeah so uh, I'm actually gonna read directly from uh, outsider.coms reporting on this. This apparently appeared originally in a Rolling Stone magazine article, an interview. This is exact word for word. I am stealing their content. I am using it for my own financial gain bring on the lawsuits. As the legend goes, Keith came out of the theater's basement to wish Nelson a happy birthday. Uh, Nelson, in this case, is Willie Nelson. He then saw Chris uh, Christofferson and quit. None of that lefty shit out there tonight, Chris. A reference to Christofferson's left-leaning political views. What the fuck did you just say to me? Christofferson replied. You ever worn your country's uniform? First of all, what a great fucking line to say to Toby Keith. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Chris Christofferson, like I've seen him in Blade. I would not fuck with that man. Yeah. You heard the question. You just don't like the answer. Christofferson continued. Have you ever served your country? The answer is no. You've not. Have you ever killed a man? Huh? Have you ever taken another man's life and then cash check your country gave you for doing it? No, you've not. So shut the fuck up. This
1: sounds like it's from Walter from the Big Lebowski. I he just know. Reads, I like, like him. This is such perfect dialogue. Like I would, I would write this dialogue. <laughs> it's so perfect. We could write
0: it. <laughs> It <laughs> sounds like it sounds like something I would say to Toby Keith. Yeah. It sounds like something I would say to Toby Keith. In fact, I did say it to Kobe Keith that one time at his concert. <laughs> it, it was definitely the best musical performance that I was allowed to go to on a, uh, on a Thursday afternoon in Baghdad. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I cashed my government's check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't
1: talked about the Dixie Chicks yet. So I, we yeah.
0: haven't oh, talked cool. about the Dixie Chicks, but you know what? We'll. We'll, we'll we'll get there. Okay, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. So you you have these these outlaw country figures that are sort of anti-establishment, anti-war, anti anti-authority. You know, they're out there raising hell and scoffing at the law. Johnny Law. Right, but I think the reason why somebody on The left side of the political spectrum, which I think the original author is, is being fed a diet of country music that is inherently revered by other coastal liberal elites. Like these are the figures that are remembered by the guys at Rolling Stone magazine. These these are the you know, the the music critics, darlings, when a music critic thinks of great country music, they don't think of Lee Greenwood because that song is objectively terrible.
1: I actually, true story, I one time sang that song karaoke drunk as shit in Ybor City in Tampa and let me just say, there were three women there that were really good singers and as I was belting out the the song, they were looking at me like I was just shitting on their craft as I
0: was. I mean, that's. I think that is a one hundred percent fair and accurate assessment of what you were doing. Yeah, one by yeah. singing the way you did, and two by choosing that song.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can thank Miller High Life for that. I think there's a lot of patriotism that we can thank Miller High Life for. You can thank me for being here to Miller High Life, to me being born, <laughs> and you can th- and you can thank the pharmacist who told my dad lambskin was as good as latex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I lost my thought, but I'll get I'll get back there. Boom. Uh, let's talk about the Dixie Chicks. Uh, we were not talking about the Dixie Chicks. I know we, we can. though. If, if you can hear a baby crying in the background, it's because there's a baby crying in the background and I'm a bad father.
1: <laughs> Just neglecting your fatherly duties. My dad did me, too, and I turned out funny. I actually come so. from a long line of neglectful fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like do, do you want your son to be like have have a good childhood or do you want him to be funny when he's yeah. older? Oh, you I can't have both.
0: You know, we were talking about we were talking about the the uh, critical darlings. It's really no surprise that these kind of crummier, saccharine, uh, hyper conservative country songs didn't really stand the test of time in the same way that those outlaw ones did. It's the same reason why Paul Ryan can say his favorite band is Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> You know, they, they, they start to become divorced from their counterculture context.
1: So what I'm getting at here and what I think we're kind of approaching is 9-11 did not ruin country. 9-11 didn't do anything to country music. What country music hasn't been doing for decades. Is, is
0: right. What I mean. Country music is just like every other genre of music, constantly evolving. And the stuff that's really popular within the country music genre is going to mirror the things that are happening in other popular forms of music. Whether, you know, there, there's not really a huge distinction between, say, you know, the sound that Patsy Cline was putting out and uh, what, what's, what's another good sad, uh, sad band from the night, uh, late 50s or early 60s. You know, it, it's Earth, Earth, Angel and Patsy Cline are not that far apart thematically. You know, they're dealing with a lot of the same issues. They're just doing it with a slightly different twang. Final verdict here. While I found the the, the argument compelling in, in a lot of ways, I do not think among all the things that 9-11 did ruin, people's lives, the skyline of New York, country music wasn't one of those things. Some of the political fallout from that, the praising of Toby Keith and the popularization of this sort of jingoistic version of white nationalist country, the exile of the Dixie Chicks, aren't necessarily Indicative of any particular any particular movement within the genre. I think that the, the genre was simply being targeted to a a group of people that had been moving its way away from or, or towards. I would say not 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 away from the political center, but to, I, I think that's fair. Right. We, we can say. Yeah, it, no, it, it, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the genre itself from a marketing standpoint was being tar- was targeting a group of people that are moving further and further away from the political center. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to turn our attention to all of our future fans on Reddit who inhabit the No Stupid Questions
1: board. So we take questions from r slash stupid questions and we try to answer them. r slash uh, no stupid questions. We, we want to keep with
0: the spirit of the forum, which is that there are no stupid questions. We are going to answer this question. Would it be illegal to steal someone's feces? Matt, gut
1: reaction. Um, <laughs> gut reaction. I can feel a, you can feel a bubbling down there. No, I, I think it's, it's kind of similar to cannibalism in that it might not be legal outright, but I think the steps you would have to take to get someone's feces would be illegal, such as breaking and entering. Right, if you're breaking into someone's bathroom. Um, All
0: right, so you don't think that necessarily the act of stealing someone's feces is illegal. Unless another criminal act took place, I,
1: I, I think so. I, I I think it's morally wrong to steal some, to take someone's feces, but I can't imagine why any law would be on the books like that. So the original question was poised by
0: Noise Soda. <laughs> I, I love Reddit names. I know that <laughs> this is user Noise Soda. Uh, they they sixty nine. That's an important question. <laughs> <laughs> so they they did actually offer. A little bit of clarification here. They provided us a scenario, which I love. All right, let's hear it. Say I stalk someone after they've finished a shift at work and follow them into a public bathroom. I wait in the neighboring stall and wait for them to do their business. Once I know they've emptied their bowels, I quickly break into their stall, reach between their thighs, and steal their feces before they flush.
1: Would it be illegal? All right, so... um First of all, if if you have a stalker at work that follows you into the bathroom, the best thing that could happen to you is that they steal your shit. So, so I mean, it, it sounds like it could go really bad if you have a stalker and if they follow you into the bathroom, right? <laughs> like, so I feel like if, if if they're only after your shit, I'd be like, oh yeah, buddy, I'm I'm done with it anyway. That's How why Beyonce it. has bodyguards. Yeah, she, honestly, Beyonce is probably. I mean, I would say anyone, any millionaire has like enough to to hire a shit guardian to guard their shit. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they, they do
0: follow, you know, would it be illegal? And and yes, in this case, um, you would be stalking is illegal. Yeah. Stalking, stalking is illegal, depending on the context. Uh, paparazzi is apparently perfectly fucking fine. You can just, yeah. you can just surround somebody and, and take pictures of them willy nilly as long as they're a public figure. And, if and they, as long
1: as you call yourself the media and as someone who used to be part of the media, it is that is something that I enjoyed from time to time.
0: I know. I can't believe you did that to Charlie Daniels that one time. Yeah, <laughs> he had it coming. That's some racist bullshit. Nice and, you know, you know, it's wild. It's like 1989. Charlie Daniels releases that song. He doesn't get fired for Monday, Monday night football to like 35 years later for doing yeah, racist yeah. shit. It's like y'all should have seen this one coming. <laughs> yeah. So in, in this case, if you follow, if you if you follow somebody after work like
1: this is. It's so oddly specific. This is like, this is scenario. a very
0: specific scenario, which sounds like this person may be planning a crime and just want to make sure they, they just want to see how illegal their plans are. And then they, they offer this. They say, how about if they forget to flush and I steal it after they have left? I get that they just left it there. But does that mean it's anyone's to take? OK,
1: so any so responses
0: now, would be appreciated. Thanks.
1: That's an interesting question, because, again, I am not a lawyer. I dodged the law school bullet really hard. But I know that. If you're doing something illegal, if you have like evidence of illegality and you throw it away in a trash can, cops can use it as evidence against you. Right? right. If you if you leave something on the ground and if someone comes, picks it up, they didn't steal from you. The question is, is bodily waste. If you put that into a toilet, which there's an argument that can be made that the toilets are the trash cans of our lives. Um, so in this case, as long as you're sitting on the bowl and it's a public restroom, I think this is if, if it's a public restroom, it's a, it's a public
0: restroom. It's not a private restroom. If you if you went into their bathroom, kicked in the stall door. And then reach between their thighs and and, and grabbed a poopy out. That would be illegal in the in the alternate scenario. If you went into a private bathroom and they forgot to flush and you took their and the, you took their poopies out, it wouldn't be necessarily the act of taking the poopies. That would be illegal. It would be the act of breaking into their private bathroom. But in this case, you're right. absolutely it is, it is a public space with no reasonable expectation of privacy. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no reasonable expectation that poops left behind. Will be there and available to you if should you return to reclaim it.
1: I would say that I do have an expectation that no one's going to kick down the door and go between my legs to, to steal my dukey. All right. I think I have an expectation that that is there. I think there's a social contract that comes that comes in line there. <laughs> I think that I think that's a fair
0: expectation, and that is a uh, and I, I think we both agree that the act of kicking in the stall door, reaching between their thighs, and grabbing their dukers out is a bad move. That
1: is a criminal act. If there's any lawyer out there that knows this for a fact, please reach out to us. I I, I have so many questions.
0: Yeah, so this is a... <laughs> the asker here, I think, is exhibiting signs of coprophilia, yeah. which is a love of feces. Who who doesn't love a good feces? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I, I love dick jokes. I love fart jokes. And I love poopy jokes. So... Uh, Ryan is 12 years old, by the way. I am. He's in the seventh grade. I know, and I'm locked in a 37-year-old man's body. That's
1: the... Worst thing that could ever happen
0: <laughs> yeah. next to having the stall door kicked in, having somebody reach between your thighs and grab your poopies out. I just thought of something so bad, but I'm not even going to say it. What do you think? So.
1: The, what do you think the worst part of that scenario is on the receiving end? Um, seeing seeing someone come in and touch your shit without gloves. I think psychologically I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not I'm not confident that I'm not carrying a disease right now, man. Well,
0: for me, I think it'd be the the modesty issue. It's just like I have my pants down around my ankles. You are reaching between my thighs possibly even brushing my genitals. And I don't show my wife my genitals without preparing them first. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, there he has a whole skin skin routine. <laughs> yeah. They, you wanna you wanna fluff it up? You wanna you wanna part the mane? You wanna make sure everything looks good. Yeah, you want to make sure you're at the low ready. Yeah, <laughs> you, you want to make sure that you're facing on your good side, uh, so that way if anybody snaps a photo, I think for me that would probably be the most damaging part is is the idea that somebody would unexpectedly be looking at my penis.
1: I would say that I don't show my doctor my dick without making sure that it's good to go, um, because I don't, I, I just don't want him to be talking shit about me. But
0: also, um, yeah, also, I'm very attracted to my doctor. <laughs> Yeah. Ivan, if you can, it, Ivan, if you can listen, if, if you're listening, I'm sorry. That's in, that's inappropriate. You should not flirt with people at work. That is a no-go zone. Leave people at work, whether they are waiters, doctors, lawyers, does not matter. Do not flirt with people at work because they are prisoners there, Lock, yeah. uh, locked in an economic system that forces them to choose between listening to you flirt with them and being homeless. Do not flirt with people at work. I-
1: I think I can pride myself in saying that I have never hit on someone in the workplace, but I feel like that really isn't something to be proud of. That's really just the bare minimum. I'm going to
0: go ahead and sheepishly drink a beer. Oh, okay. I have absolutely in the past hit on people at work, and I recognize now that that was inappropriate behavior. So if you're planning on uh, suing you, (laughs) if you're planning on Twitter shaming me, it's fine. I fully admit it and I apologize in advance and I will continue to apologize.
1: All right. Well, fair enough. When you're sitting on the toilet, it is one of the most vulnerable things humans can do. Right? Is is defecate and then clean up after yourself. So the idea of anyone just like I mean, when you're in a public restroom and someone just knocks on your door, I mean, I oh that's like worse. My, my shit just goes out from the bowl back into my ass, and I'm like, oh god, what's gonna happen now? I will. Say, that's how much I don't want people to see my shit.
0: To the credit of the person asking this question, they did say, "Say I stalk someone after they've finished a shift at work." And follow them into a public bathroom. At least they're not breaking the no flirting at work rule. Like they're not going yeah, into the, they're not going oh, into yeah. the employee bathroom and stealing their feces. They're catching them off shift. So that way the person has the option of screaming in terror and, you know, hopefully defending themselves with mace, a taser. <laughs> I, I don't think that anybody would uh would even question you for taking extreme measures and defending yourself if somebody busts through the door of your public restroom stall while you're taking a poopy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much it for the day.
1: On that note, (laughs) if you've ever stolen someone's shit or have your shit stolen from you, please reach out to us at wreckyourpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at wreckyourpod.
0: We just wanted to take a moment to thank Rick Reynolds for the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress, available wherever fine MP3s are sold. You'll find it on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, etc., as your most trusted sources of information on the internet, if you can't wait a full week before making a split decision in the moment, be sure to check
1: yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart, and it won't change.